Yeah, so they had two two planes and um Jez, the cameraman, went went in one of them. He was in in the actual plane with his camera. <laughs> and yeah. um and I was uh yeah, strapped to the top of the other plane. It was very rainy. It was um it was a very grey, cloudy, rainy day. And um when you're you know when you're traveling at speed outside of a of an aircraft, um, you know, that I had I had goggles on, but this this part of my face was exposed. And um and you know, when rain hits your face at that speed, it really hurts. And and um so I was spent quite a lot of time just covering my face like that. <laughs> Yes, she's actually talking about having been strapped to a wing of an aeroplane. I have actually interviewed some amazing people during the hundred or so episodes of this podcast. And never someone who's actually been strapped to a wing of an aeroplane. Ruth is super talented. She's a video maker and she's obviously not afraid of a challenge or two. I've actually known Ruth for quite a while, so it was really great to have her on the show. It's such a fabulous story, her journey into filmmaking and how today she and her business partner have adapted for the modern mobile filming world. Enjoy. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Hi Ruth, thanks for doing this today with me, having a little chat about your story. <laughs> Hi Michael, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great great to be asked to to be on here. Well, um, I don't know if you remember, but I think it goes. Last time we met in person was twenty eighteen, and um, time flies when you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> and then we basically had a year of lockdown, didn't we? So. Um, yeah. But really good to see you again. And in you, and you. Yeah, it was in that that nice little coffee shop in Birmingham, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. It was lovely. We had a lovely chat there. Yeah. But um, but now today, I want to delve more into your background and find out what you're up to now today, and uh, see if we can get your message out there. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to share my story. Wonderful. So will you go back to the beginning, please? So really interested to know where you were born and your education and like your first job. And then we'll slowly get to current day and learn more about what you're up to today. Is that OK? Yeah. Wow. You really want the full story. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, um, right. Well, I'm a proud Yorkshire lass. Um, so I was born in um, the district of Keithley in West Yorkshire um, 44 years ago <laughs> and um, and yeah I uh, I had a you know I had a, a, a really great childhood we had a, a lovely lived in a lovely house with a massive massive garden I think the garden was was like maybe we had like half an acre of land um oh, which was nice. brilliant for me and my brother to kind of just 
knock about in. It was, yeah, it was great. I spent a lot of time outside. And it, the, those were the days when, you know, your mum used to say, go on, get out. And and then, you know, you'd come back for dinner. And um, so <laughs> yes, loads of loads of local friends around. So, yeah, it was it, it you know, it was great. It, it was uh, it was a good, good place to grow up. And, and I went to um, I went to a kind of standard state comprehensive school um I you know I had got a good education there it was quite a big school it was uh you know the, the biggest one in the area um and um yeah I I did my did my 10 GCSEs and my four A levels there and um and had some you know had some great friends had a had you know had quite a good social life used to used to get on the train and go into Leeds quite regularly and see bands and go shopping and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was, a, it was, a, you know, I look back on my, on my, uh, my kind of youth with, with real fondness. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't often hear that. <laughs> so it's good to hear that. I mean, I, I haven't visited Yorkshire that much, but I remember when I, I did textiles for many years and there was one massive and Yorkshire there were a lot of clients I used to go and visit in Yorkshire but we had one customer who made uh, slippers for Marks and Spencer wow and they bought this velvety kind of polyester fabric for the outer of the slipper and the name was Peter Black and yes I remember Peter Black's yes yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a that's a blast from the past. <laughs> I know. And they're probably still around and I they, think they might be, yeah. Yeah. They bought millions and millions and millions of meters over the years of the same fabric year in just different colour ways, but the same fabric year in, year out. Now the quantities for the season weren't huge because you can imagine it was only like a small piece of fabric for one slipper. Yeah. But they made lots of slippers, so you know the orders kind of mounted up over the years. Wow! Yeah, and um, so yeah, and they were in Keithley, so yeah, yeah. I, and they had a they they had a classic car museum as well, actually. Peter Black did they? Yeah, they did. I remember going around there, and and my interestingly, my dad was in in the wool uh, trade, so he was a spinner, oh. a wool spinner, and he had his own mill, so. You know, he was so yeah, Yorkshire was the you know, Yorkshire was the place for that. So yeah, I didn't know you were in textiles. We should, you know, have a chat about that separately. Twenty-eight years, Ruth. Twenty-eight years. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh but not never on the manufacturing side, always on the sales and marketing side. Right, right. Yeah. It wow. Was, was, and 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 uh yeah, there were lots of people in Yorkshire. We we had clients there. Yeah. 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 Big, big textile place, yeah. Okay. So yeah. you enjoyed childhood, you enjoyed schooling, your social life in Yorkshire and then, and then what happened? <laughs> so then I so then I went to London. Um oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I thought you know it was it was a great life but I was ready, you know, I was ready to leave and um so I so I went down to university in London and did media and cultural studies at the the it was then the London Institute, um, but it's now called the University of the Arts London. And it's it's so I so I was part of the it's made up of of several colleges. 
So I was at the London College of Printing and there are it's there's there's London College of Fashion, Central St. Martins. It's it's that it's that group. Yes. Um, So I so I went off to London and and it was uh, quite a major culture shock. (laughs) I can well imagine. Yeah. Girl from small, small town in Yorkshire, um, you know, landed in London, not knowing what hit me, basically. So it took me, you know, it took me probably the first two years of my three-year degree to just sort of, you know, get to grips with it and and not feel homesick. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then I did. I, you know, then I really embraced it, and and uh, and it was all good. Yes. Just a bit of adjusting required. That was all. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I did. I I grew to you know I grew to really love my time in London. So when you you got your degree. What what happened after that? So then I um I I went to I left London and I went to Northampton and I I got a job uh in uh, for for a, a cable TV station in Northampton called Northants TV <laughs> mm. and um, and I used to say to people I work for NTV and they were like oh you work for MTV that's really cool <laughs> yeah. NTV. <laughs> That's clever. But, you know, it was um it was it was such a funny it <laughs> there it, it, it was a real experience. Um you know, it it was it it was like an open plan office and and it was it was back in the day when people still used to be able to smoke in in um you know, that was like 999 the cusp of the millennium and um and yeah i remember i remember like getting getting a a a bee in my bonnet about everybody smoking in the office and you know quoting the health and safety executive poster that was on the wall it's like you're damaging you're damaging my health and stuff like that so so it was back it was it was back in those days but it was a yeah, yeah it was this open plan office and it was um it was a great team um re- you know i had some great times there really great experience it was it was a brilliant place to to cut my teeth because um because I got to do a bit of everything so so basically the the way that I that that I kind of got the job was was I I um I just kind of phoned them up and I and I said um right can I come and do some work experience Mm. um you know just straight out of uni um, oh, and by the way, my my course was was very theoretical, so it wasn't you know it wasn't practical at all. So I had no kind of production skills. Yeah, um, yeah. I think we did maybe you know an hour of editing at university, <laughs> so it was it was all very theoretical. Um, and so I you know I just you know I had I had no no practical skills, so I just kind of phoned them up and I said, "Can I come and do some?" some work experience and I, I knew I was you know I knew I could write and I knew I could do planning and, and that yeah. kind of so I knew I had skills that I could that I could take yeah. anyway so so you know they said yeah yeah why not um and I think you know I think they were quite pleased that that it was somebody approaching them who who was out of uni and not kind of like a you know a 16 year old or a 15 year old who was looking for work experience which of course yeah. is obviously you know really 
really important for yeah. for young people to do that. In fact, I've got you know I've got fifteen year old sons um, who are you know in that in that kind of realm at the moment. Um, but um, but I think you know they at the time I didn't know it, but they had their their current um, features editor had just handed in her notice, um, and so I think they were. I, I didn't know it, but it was it was really good timing because they were looking to replace her, yeah, and yeah. so, so yeah, I I showed up and did did my week just uh, basically just kind of rolled my sleeves up and got stuck in, mm. and um, and then they they offered me the job of features editor and I didn't know how to edit, so <laughs> um, so I had to learn pretty quick, and it was. You know, it wasn't um, it wasn't non non linear editing. It was it was tape to tape. It was you know we were editing on um, on Digibeta machines and and going from tape to tape. So wow. it was it was the proper you know the old school kind of way of doing it. Um, so I so I learned how to edit then and and also also did a bit of presenting um wrote adverts uh wrote scripts produced directed loads of things you know I I really like I said I I really cut my teeth there so yeah that was so fortunate for you to land that job then I know (laughs) I know but yeah it was it's why Northampton I'm wondering (laughs) well um I met someone. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I, I met I met someone, and well, whilst I was at uni, actually, I met someone, and he lived in Northampton. So I cool. So I just okay. kind of went there without without a plan, really, and just happened to to have a look, see what was. Well, around. it was obviously meant to be, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean... And and actually, I whilst at Northampton TV, I met. Um, my now business partner um, in my this this link behind my head myovdo.com um, I, I met I, I so I set up that company my training academy with Glyn who I met at Northants TV oh, and no. you know yeah so it, it it was brilliant you know and and he and I have just been you know, just really firm friends ever since those days and work together. And, you know, he's 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 more like my brother, really. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. oh, that's really great. So and how long did you stay with them for? I was there. I was I was only there for a couple of years. Um, right. It felt like much longer because yeah. I think. Well, you, you did know, a lot so in that much. time. Yeah. I mean, I did. You know, we 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 covered, um, you know, we covered like local events and and things like that, and and so I got to I got to do a couple of really cool, crazy things. Like, um, I did a wing walk um, for there, there was this local aerodrome, and every year they had an air show. And we used to cover this air show, and and yeah. and we got um, we got invited along to the press day, and I remember I remember. Um, the the day in the office I was it was this open plan office like I said and and I was just kind of working away writing something and I was aware vaguely aware that Glynn was over the other side of the office um on the phone 
And um, and he just he just kind of put his hand over the receiver and leant back. He went, Ruth, do you want to do a wing walk? And um, and I, I just looked up and I was like, um, yeah, yeah, why not? And then he finished his call and put the put the phone down. And I just said to him, what's a wing walk? <laughs> and he and he said, oh, it's where you stand on top of a plane. I was like, oh, I can. Yeah, I can stand on top of a plane. He said, while it's in the air. <laughs> and then I said, oh, um, is it too late? To, <laughs> is it too late to change my mind? <laughs> and he said, he said, he said I would do it, but I'm too tall. Um, so, um, so I would just just went along with it, and <laughs> it was actually a brilliant experience. And then we also Northampton has a um, a big uh, balloon festival. It's it's like you know one of the biggest balloon festivals in the country, right? Um, and they have that every year. Um, and um, and so we used to cover that uh, yearly. And um, so I so I got to I got to ride in a in a hot air balloon as well, which was wonderful. Great. It was, wow. It was so when you were on the wing, did you have to film it as well or what? Yeah. So they had two two planes and um, Jez, the cameraman, went went in one of them. He was in in the actual plane with his yeah. camera. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and I was, uh, yeah, strapped to the top of the other plane. Oh, so, my yeah. God. Rude. Yeah. I mean, there's very few people that can say they've done wing walking on a plane. <laughs> That's amazing. I'd do it again, actually. I'd, I'd love to do that again. It was great. And do you still have the clip of it somewhere? Yeah, I do. I do still have the clip, yeah. Oh, you're going to have to write a blog post about that one. And, oh, maybe. <laughs> put the video in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it fascinating. Was a... It was very rainy. It was um, it was a very grey, cloudy, rainy day. And um, when you're you know when you're travelling at speed outside of a of an aircraft, um, you know that I had I had goggles on, but this this part of my face was exposed. And um, and you know when rain hits your face at that speed, it really hurts. And, and um, so I was spent quite a lot of time just covering my face like that. <laughs> And I tried so so the actual um the act you know the, the actual wing walkers who who do it as a as a kind of form of performance, yeah, they you know they look when you see them do it, they look so graceful, you know, they put their arms out. I'm trying not to do it because my background goes weird, but mm. they put their arms out and and I, I I remember trying to put my arms out and then almost like having having them like snap back because of the the force of the wind and the speed that we were going I was like how on earth do you do this <laughs> you know you, the strength. muscles must be, yeah. Yeah, yeah like amazing core strength yeah and wow and just, yeah fascinating and then yeah. shortly after that you left them <laughs> <laughs> yes yes well so so what happened was um so three of three of us from from North Ants TV, we kind of broke away and set up our own little independent production company. So there was me and Glenn, and then um, a guy called Baz, and and we we set up we set up our own little production company, and uh, uh-huh. and and yeah, that was cool. You know, we we got some we had some pretty good jobs through that, and some great experiences. We used to do quite a lot for um, Sony TV Asia, so we 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 got to like go to like Bollywood um, 
you know, f- uh, film premieres and things like that. So in, in London and yeah, it was, you know, that, that was pretty cool. And, um, and we did, we did quite a lot of music videos and, uh, and then I moved up to Birmingham again for a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I know. <laughs> These think, bloody you know, men. If it wasn't for men, I would probably still be in London. <laughs> I know. But you wouldn't be on this podcast by now. <laughs> would it? No. <laughs> I okay, so Birmingham it was. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then I so so I then worked as a as a kind of um uh well, so I started off as a researcher really, um for for some independent tv production companies uh so right. i so i worked um in fact i worked i worked first of all for a company in derby um we were we were so i was commuting from birmingham to derby every day um mm. which was a bit of a trek but we yeah. we yeah. made we were making a a show for itv a, a kind of late night discussion show and and then i moved on to a company based in birmingham and we did a um a kind of Battle of the Bands show. It was it was like a real precursor to, to X Factor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was 2002, 2000, no, yeah, 2003, I think, 2004, something like that. And um, yeah, and and then and then um, and then I and then I sort of moved, ended up moving more into the world of of corporate video corporate video production really yeah. Yeah. um and yeah. and that's kind of where i've stayed ever since so yeah okay and <laughs> and was that still when you moved away from northampton to birmingham did the production company with the other guys kind of dissolve or yeah we we sort of we sort of folded and we all we all went our separate ways except gotcha. except for Except, so I think Baz went up to Manchester, and um, Glenn Glenn stayed in Northampton. But but he and I, you know, very much came uh, kept in touch and and yeah. continued to to work on projects together. Right. Um, so yeah, and and then you know we we got to a certain point a couple of years ago, and we we were like, well, why why aren't we, you know, why aren't we doing something together uh, yeah. more yeah. formally? And that's when we you know by that time we we you know when te- technology mobile technology had advanced and uh, we realized that we could then teach people how to make videos so yeah. that was that was really jumping forward sorry there's there's a yeah there's yeah. more in between <laughs> well share the in between <laughs> well so <laughs> so um i think it was about 2011 when i set up my own production company here yeah. in birmingham yeah and um so that's called, called shoot shoot yeah s h u u t um yeah. and i still and i still have that company and i still you know operate with that company yeah and um so yeah and and i i I'd, I'd also got married and had a couple of kids uh in in that in that intervening time as well so so the reason i came to um to birmingham i i married him so, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we had twins, we, we had twin boys and, um, who are now 
15. Um, yeah, so so set up my production company and did um you know various various types of of work for 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 di- for a quite a range of different companies but the the work that i always really loved doing more than anything was um working with organizations who um who kind of care about making life better in some way so so, you know, I, I kind of felt myself gravitating towards charities and towards arts and cultural organizations yeah. and, and healthcare. So back in the early days, I did quite a lot of, of stuff with Birmingham Women's Hospital. Um, and I did a lot with Birmingham Royal Ballet. Yeah. And yeah. um and so, you know, even though I didn't sort of um, you know, I was I was I was too scared at the time to sort of niche as it were you know with my business um you know I still I still didn't want to tell you know I still didn't want to say that you know oh I don't make those kinds of videos for you but I will make videos for you even though people were telling me you know actually niching is the way forward Mm. um you know it just felt really counterintuitive that you know I would be kind of saying to some people no, I don't do that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't do manufacturing videos or I don't yeah. do financial services videos. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it just felt like, but but they might want to hire me, you know. Um anyway, I've since I've since realized that niching absolutely is the right thing to do. Um oh, good. and yeah, so so I I do now say these these are the types of organizations I work for, you know, yeah. I work with um charities healthcare learning education uh and arts and culture um all of whom are (laughs) the people who are perhaps suffering the most (laughs) at the moment uh, thanks to the pandemic so yeah so maybe niching in that area is not such a good thing well you weren't to know that (laughs) but I, i suppose yeah if a sector goes through tough time well, the only sector that is winning at the moment are supermarkets and technology companies, aren't they? Yeah, um, supermarkets, online online retailers. Online um, retailers, yeah. They're, they're Zoom. winning. <laughs> Zoom. Zoom winning big time, yeah, big time. Wish I bought shares, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you, but so, – sorry, go on. No, no, that – I mean, the thing is, it's – I mean, we're talking – you know, share your story. This podcast is about small businesses. And, you know, as small businesses, we have to be kind of flexible and pivot and do different things and kind of go, okay, that isn't working. I mean, I've had to pivot my business at least five times, you know, and I'm still... I I think, yeah, I think if you don't, you're, you know... you have you just have to you just have to because yeah. you know quite often small uh, small businesses micro businesses start because you're passionate about something and you know yes. you might not necessarily have actually done that market research piece about 
is there actually a need for this? Mm, <laughs> you know, that's right. You might you might just be thinking, right, well, I can do this, and I'm just going to assume that people will want my service because I'm so passionate about it. That's um, me. And it's, yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was me. You know, that was me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and so, you know, quite quite often, I think what will happen with with you know small small tiny businesses is that's how you start and then you learn as you go along and so so quite often you have to pivot because you kind of come to the realization that hmm yeah maybe maybe people don't want the service in the way that I thought they might want it to start mm. with and mm. so how can I pivot how can I change it to you know to to actually generate sales <laughs> you know I think I, I think that's uh I think that's that's how that's how it happens for a lot of a lot of people. I agree. And and actually that that kind of leads me on to um you know how I then set up make your own video training academy. Yes. Um because of talking to businesses and you know working working with organizations and you know quite a lot of them saying Okay, I want to use video, but I and 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 I want to put it on social media, but I can't, I just can't afford to to hire a production company for every video I want to make. Yes. And so that's where, you know, Glenn and I got together and and you know, I said, have you have you noticed, have you noticed this with your clients? Because he also has a, a production company himself now as well. Yes. And yes. um, so I said, you know, working with your clients, have you noticed that that there could be something else we could be offering um, to, you know, to kind of maximize the, the, the client experience. So, um, and, and at first he, you know, he asked the question that a lot of other people asked of me, which was, well, surely if you're, if you're teaching people how to make their own videos, then you do yourself out of, out of production business. Yeah. And it's, it's simply not the case. It's just not the case because, because actually, you know, what you know one of the things i do say to people is as part of a video communication strategy you really should have both professionally made videos and um you know the ability to make your own videos and to be agile because there are you know things like um quick updates or or you know this is, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is what I'm doing today. This is what we're doing today. You know, ideas that pop into your head in the shower in the morning. And, and by lunchtime, you could have had a video made. Whereas, you know, if you wanted to hire a production company, A, you know, it might just be too expensive for the idea that you've, that you've got, the quick idea that you've got. And B, you, you'd have to wait, you know, by which time the moment would have passed. So, so I think, you know, definitely, definitely there's a place for professionally made videos, perhaps, you know, flag your flagship videos for your website, um, yes, or yes. perhaps if you're doing a big pitch yeah, to, yeah. to potential funders or, or that kind of thing. But for social, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can do yourself. Um, but I also do believe that just with, with a little bit of training, you can you know, you can massively increase the the production value of the the uh, the content that you're making yourself. You know, getting your audio right, getting your framing right, using good lighting, um, 
just you know how, how to pr presentation tips interview techniques that kind of thing and and that's all the kind of stuff that I teach so so yeah so so you know pivoting pivoting has happened very much um and and pivoted in my personal life as well <laughs> if you want to know about that <laughs> it's called share your story Ruth <laughs> stuff happens doesn't it <laughs> Um, it does. Yeah, 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 it does. It does. Yeah, I mean, change, something we're guaranteed by walking on this planet is that change is going to happen, whether it's in our personal lives, you know. I I had the same thing too when I was in my mid-40s. You know, my relationship broke up and um, and and then, you know, going into business as well. It's not been an easy journey, you know. These mm. things are not easy to deal with. We've now have a pandemic, and it's been quite tough for small business and a lot of small, limited businesses, which I am, um, because my financial accountant at the time when I set up the business said, "Oh, you, yeah, you should put, put." I mean, now the theory is probably not, but you know, put a limited business together. And I kind of hung on to that thinking it would give me some sort of, you know, status in the in the business And actually, world. As, a, as a limited company, we've got zero I've got <laughs> through the pandemic. Nothing. got zero help. <laughs> zero. I've got not one penny. Yep. And when you hear yep. that people are getting billions, you know, you kind of go, oops, you know, I've really Isn't missed out on this one. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it would be great to have a crystal ball, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. And see yeah. what's around the Maybe corner. Maybe we could pivot and sell these online. <laughs> crystal ball. <laughs> crystal balls, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh. Totally, totally. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm I'm with you, you know, that kind of roller coaster journey of different things. And I... I totally, you know, agree with what you and Glyn have put together with your training academy because, you know, people do need support with their video. And the thing is, quite a lot of people, I believe, are, you know, perhaps a little bit afraid uh, to get started with it. You know, they do think they need a production company. They know they can't afford a production company. They know they've got to do something with video, but are not confident enough to get started. And, you know, now, I think, with people going on to Zoom, I mean, funny story, I guess. When I, when I go on to largest Zoom events, there's a lot of people who've got that camera off. Right. For the last yeah. couple of weeks, I've been on, um, which we'll have to have a chat about at some stage, but I've been on an introduction to production management course for the last couple of weeks. Right. And right. I was the only person who had his video on. So there were 13 other people in the room and they all had their video off. So firstly, people are shy yes. by having their faces on video. So they've got to overcome that. And yeah. then secondly, it's about oh, audio, lighting, what are you going to say? What to say? Yeah, absolutely. And 
I mean, I think this last year has been has been really, really funny in well, in many ways and not in a funny ha ha way either. But um, but (laughs) in a funny, strange way, it has um, allowed a lot of people to just kind of bite the bullet and say, right, you know, if I'm going to stay in business, the only way I can do it is through Zoom at the moment. So I just need to kind of feel that fear and do it anyway. Um, And and obviously, from what you're saying, a lot of people still are carrying that fear and and, you know, just just can't bear to to see themselves or hear themselves or, or, you know, whatever. Um, and and yeah, you're absolutely right. Confidence is a is a big thing, um, a big kind of barrier that stops people. And it's it's one of the things that I do talk about and I do webinars about, actually, um, you know, in um, in terms of confidence, in terms of being on camera, but also confidence in terms of tech. You know, a lot of people are, are self-confessed technophobes. Yes. And, you know, and one of the reasons why I I do all of my teaching with mobile devices is it kind of eliminates that that kind of technophobia because we are all to certain degrees you know very kind of comfortable oh hang on you can't see that there very comfortable with our with our devices um and um and I think the thing then that sort of worries people in terms of video making is then the editing part of it but um, you know, so what I say to people is right. We we use your we use your device as a filming and editing tool. So firstly, there's no you know we don't have to worry about transferring footage and different formats and bit rates and resolutions and all that kind of thing. You don't need to worry about that, and you don't really need to think about it. If you want to know about it, I'll tell you. But otherwise, you know, don't worry. Um, and then and then um, you know I've I've when we first set up the the company, I did quite a lot of research into the best kind of editing tools um, that um, that works across different platforms and um, and that's that's kind of quite easy to use and, yeah. and user friendly. And, and so we we sort of settled on one particular one that um, that is that is great um, that works on that works on Android and Apple devices called KineMaster. And so we teach with that and. What I what I love is um, is when I'm teaching when I'm training somebody, especially during the sort of um, the workshop sessions, the live workshop sessions that I run. Yeah, um, is you know they'll be they'll be kind of I'll, I'll I will have explained to them the principles of editing, and then they'll be going through it step by step, and then all of a sudden they'll go like. Oh wow! <laughs> it's really quite easy. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> it, it, it's not that difficult. You just need a bit of confidence, actually. Yes. <laughs> and and I think that's what my training delivers. You know, it's yes, the skills, but also the confidence. And um, and and yeah, you know, we we do stuff around camera confidence and presenting and that kind of thing but also you know some people just never get over that and there are alternatives you know you don't always have to put your own face on on camera so no. so um some people just just will never get over that one 
But I know, um, but yeah, I know. They can come ways. to me and do whiteboard animations instead. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That but, is one of the things I say, you know, that's one of your options is animation. <laughs> a, a really good example to to kind of back up what you're saying and talking about when when the pandemic struck my you know I do Japanese taiko drumming and my taiko drummer could not go to in person or deliver in person yeah, classes anymore yeah, yeah so I helped him to put everything online now you can do live online but we also needed to produce videos um after the class that people could then learn the breakdown of a particular rhythm step by yeah. step so he had a, a an oldish gopro video and we talked about that and anyway i said well you told me you recently got a new android phone and you said the camera is really good on that he said oh yeah it is i said just use that yeah right yeah just use that he went, really? I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got a stand for it. And, you know, we did a few tests and the audio quality was okay. Now, remember, he's got to hit drums as well, right? So I was a bit nervous about the sound quality and all of that. And then I went, well, I've got a really good Rode mic and it's on a wire um, but I've got an extension cable. Try plugging that in and just clip it on your T-shirt, put it underneath your T-shirt, clip it on here, yes. and let's see what happens. Anyway, it took ages to actually do it because he's he's got that confidence issue. And although the sound quality was okay for the mic on the phone to pick it up, it was a little bit echoey in places. Yes. Yes. And I I could adjust the sound a little bit in my editing software when I produced the tutorial videos. But to his amazement, the little lapel microphone on his T-shirt yeah. gave the drum sound a massive boost of quality sound, much richer sound, and the whole thing worked. So for over a year now, He's been recording tutorial videos. I don't know how many I've produced, hundreds, you know, <laughs> in the same way, portrait on his Android phone with the long extension lead microphone, yeah. and it's been perfect. It makes yeah. a massive, massive difference. Um, I mean, there's a few things that, that you've just said there that I'd like to that I'd like to pick up on, you know. Yeah. So so you know, when you, when, when you said, why don't you just use your phone? And mm. he was like, really? You know, that's, people say that to me, but surely a phone isn't good enough quality, you know, to, to shoot, to shoot video, to shoot kind of like promotional videos or training videos. Yeah. Like, I mean, some phones now, some of the newest phones shoot 8k. I mean, YouTube That's can't mad. even handle that. How how much more quality do you actually want? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so the question yeah. then becomes: Well, the phone is is um, of far higher quality than you need for for social videos. The question is: Do you have the skills? You know, <laughs> so yes. you've got the tools. Do you know how to use them properly? And yeah. that's 
the key. That's the issue. And just those little things like use a microphone. You know, there there are there are some amazing accessories you can get now for smartphone filming. And you know, and I always I always say, um, actually, when you're starting out, you just need a very basic kit. You know, you don't need to overwhelm yourself with all of the stuff that you can get um, to start with. You just need a tripod, um, a mount to attach your device to the tripod and a microphone. And, and that's, that's what you need to get started because actually, you know, audio is so important. And, yeah. and I know that, um, you know, in the world of social, you know, we, we, we are, we need to catch, we need to capture attention. We need to stop the scroll. Um, and you and you need to do that visually, really, because yeah. a lot of people have their sound off. Yes. And but but yeah, if you've if you've captured that attention, you still need to have great audio. Somebody's going to click into your video and watch it. Your audio's got to be fantastic. You know, you can yes. actually get away with pretty shoddy footage if you've got really good quality audio without echoes and and um, you know just just doing doing those little things like you know making sure you are choosing a, a quiet-ish space to film yeah. or um you know closing doors closing windows turning your phone to silent just those little tips and things like that and the audio quality just makes a massive massive difference to me it's like it's it's the 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 one of the key differentiators between Hey, you know, I've got a phone and I'm doing a little bit of video by myself. To, um, wow, I'm making some pretty decent videos myself yeah. with my phone with that attention to detail. And I think, you know, it's just kind of, um, it's 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 respectful to your audience to do that. I think that that's 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 how I feel. You know, just just learn a few skills and just up your game <laughs> I, I sharpen the saw is uh yeah one, that's one of my favorite books the seven habits of highly effective people sharpen the saw you know just keep learning keep learning yeah that's a really nice way <laughs> of saying it yeah and and in fact all the promotional videos that we've done for his taiko classes have all been shot on his mobile phone yeah and yeah. he's now the, the last promo video for his spring classes starting in April, he's just done a little bit of a funny, quirky one with him sunglasses on, the sun shining on his face, leaning on some drums. And he's he's shot that landscape this time and yeah, he's he's done a good job, you know. Well that's a that's a really important point there. And that's about the confidence. So obviously, you know, when if you if you if you don't know what you're doing, then you're going to be more focused on the on the kind of the tech and the and yes. the what you're saying, yeah. rather than ha having fun, you know. Yes. yes. And 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 actually, you know, my message would be: don't try and force it. Don't try and force those kind of fun, quirky ideas to start with, because you'll evolve and it's a journey. And just start, just start somewhere. Starting is the hardest part. So just, just start, um, take your viewers on that journey with you. You know, the first video, tell them, um, 
I've not done this before. This is my first one. Be completely open and authentic. Um, and then like, you know, like, like your Tycho drummer guy, you know, in, in, after a few videos, he'll be thinking, Ooh, Ooh, I could do this. Yes. Or, Oh, I can, oh, I can, you know, when you, when you learn a bit more about what your editing app can do, it's yeah. like, oh, I can do slow-mo, I can do speed up, I can do split screen, I can do, you know, I can do all sorts of things, right, mm, okay, and then you can start to be creative, and, and that comes with, it comes with knowledge, and it comes with confidence, so yeah, that's a great, it's a great example of that. Okay, so how can people get involved with this, uh, Ruth? Right. So, um, right. One of the things that I did during lockdown was I created um, a couple of online courses. So before that, I was I was really just doing kind of um, in-person workshops. And so during lockdown, Glyn and I um, translated all of our material to an online course. So so we have. we have an online um, uh, an online course for small businesses, um, which you know takes people through the planning, shooting, editing, and loading of of a video, and then we've created one for charities as well, which is it's the same the same kind of stuff, but there are a few different things in there. Like um, we we use um, we've produced some templates. We call them our storyboards, which are very simple kind of a framework. Um, for people who don't know what to say in their videos it's like well there you go there's a framework just follow that in five simple steps yeah so so we've so we've done the 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 courses for the small business and um charities have slightly different types of video uh, templates in there um and and then we've we've done a free course as well so uh, we've also got a free mini course which is just a really good introduction to starting to use um video and making it your it yourself and we we address a lot of those confidence issues within that um because you know if you can't if people aren't getting over that hurdle then they're not going to go ahead and learn how to make videos so so um you know the the free course is 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 pretty meaty actually it's pretty good value (laughs) um you know obviously yeah i mean that's very generous of you guys to do that wow yeah so where can people yeah we're nice people you are you are nice people where where can people find that so um on our website we have um if you go to myo dot com. yeah and then um actually the free course there's a link to it straight at the top of the home page but um but y- you can get more information about it if you go to myovideo.com slash better video because we've called the the course uh, we've called the free the free course um how to get better at video right right um, right okay brilliant so, yeah better, slash video. better video better video yeah. better video. anyway the the link will be in the show notes for this great. podcast anyway so people can just click through yeah great they Thank don't you. need to remember it um okay. that's fabulous and um well i hope you get lots of sign-ups on that and thank uh, you i mean it's yeah we, we we already have actually um yeah people people want to know this stuff so yeah yeah, yeah they do they do 
yeah. well hopefully yeah. this podcast will will you know inspire people as well and now they've heard your full story as well <laughs> so, i did miss a few bits out but yeah yeah that's okay <laughs> it, it, but importantly though is there anything that is important that you you want to say that i haven't asked you about um not mm, not that i can think of um if people want the the kind of proper production stuff where do they go for that so uh oh actually sorry yeah there are a couple, a couple more things i could talk about yes please um so so my production company is called shoot which is s-h-u-u-t.co.uk and and that's the the company that i you know th through which i make videos for organizations and that's where i tend to kind of specialize in in you know charities and arts and culture and learning and development so you know if you if you want if you want me to help with your online course creation i can do that um but also one of the services we are just looking to launch um through make your own video is is a kind of a hybrid service um which is um you know we we give you a bit of training we um through through zoom and and through remote means uh well not necessarily through zoom through a, a zoom like application um we uh, we film we capture an interview with you with you using your smartphone as a second camera we give you a little bit of training in how to go away and capture some um additional footage um like kind of b-roll it, it's it's called in the in in the industry it's called b-roll footage um and then you send us your footage and we edit it for you so so there are options because you know like i said sometimes it is the editing part that puts people off and and actually you know it, it's until you really get into it that's the time consuming part yes. so some people might just think well you know what this is a great idea but actually my time is better spent doing the thing that i am good at yes. <laughs> so whilst i might be able to shoot my own footage it would be really good to know i can hand that over and get somebody to edit it for me so so that's something that we offer as a as a service and and we're calling them our vivids virtual videos vivids <laughs> nice yeah okay yeah. and that's all so, on your so website we as well um that that bit's so new that's not on our website yet but you can just uh you know email me ruth at myovdo.com <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, this has turned into a total sales pitch michael sorry no no that's absolutely <laughs> the intent and just so that people know when your voice just went a bit weird because this is an audio podcast as well oh, ruth was leaning down to make sure people could see the url which is on our background because <laughs> we're recording this on Zoom as well. So go and watch the video version and you'll see what she's doing on there. Uh, okay, Ruth. So where where else can people connect with you? LinkedIn and places? LinkedIn, yes, LinkedIn. Um, actually, <laughs> I am, I'm just going through a personal rebrand <laughs> because um, I have been through a divorce. Um, 
and um, a really good divorce, actually, I have to say. So, um, yeah, that we, I could do a whole other chat on that because, um, you know, it, yeah, doesn't doesn't have to be horrible people. No, um, no. But anyway, so um, so I'm just going through my own rebranding. So I'm I'm sometimes known as Ruth Dougal, D-U-G-G-A-L. And I think that's still my profile on LinkedIn. Um, but I am currently rebranding to Ruth Edmondson which is my maiden name. Brilliant. Yeah. I think <laughs> so, you, yeah, you are then, Edmondson um, on LinkedIn and in brackets, you've got Dougal. So, yeah. so people yeah. can find you either way. Yes. But again, the link will be in the show notes. Thank um, you. So people can just click through and find you that way. Great. Great. And then, um, so I look forward, Michael, to you being on my podcast at some point in the future as well yeah i definitely would <laughs> love to be start, on so, that yeah so we can turn the tables and find out all about you yeah no problem <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a problem talking about myself at all <laughs> okay fantastic thank you so much for your time lovely chatting with you and it's been brilliant thank you for having me Maybe sometime this year we can see each other in person, even though we may have masks on and staying away for two yeah. metres from each other and all of that good fun. But that would be lovely. I miss miss proper human interaction. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, take care, Ruth. Yeah. And, and you, Michael, thank you. See you very soon. Thanks for your time. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe and share at will. I'm always looking for more listeners and guests, so do get in touch, please. You can find me pretty easily by searching for Staying Alive UK. Thank you. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.